Connor Fowler. And I'm Matt Smith. We are joined by none other than the fearsome Filipino, the Don of the Double Breast, the Mad King of Queens, the Scion of Suiting, the Boisterous Blonde Bombshell, the K-pop fan with the tattooed hand, the suave stand-up, the dashing director of art, the maestro of Made to Measure, Gorgeous George himself, here's Jason Sandagon, and welcome to Apocalypse Duds. Thank you for joining us. How are you on your half day from work? Wow. that I mean, I'm better now. That was crazy. <laughs> Did you write all those down? Like That's literally the reaction we get from everyone. That was so many. Yeah, yeah. We Connor and I were, uh, were really trying to workshop this for the past few days and like, that's good it just came together yeah it really did dude because we started out with like three it was uh <laughs> it was the kingpin of k-pop which i think is a nice dot 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 mm. but uh it's funny i mean i'm amused i like words a lot and there so was that was hope... good those were really good all of them were really good real solid well feel free to use them yeah have they're to... yours they're yours now you have to send them to me because i i already forgot half of them Oh, we sure um, yes. We yeah, I will yeah. share this. I will share this document <laughs> with you uh, when we when we get into it. When we get done with it, yeah. So so, how's it going today, Jason? Ah, it's good. You know, I get um, yeah, I was off like half the day today, which is good. So I was spent. I spent like the day taking some photos for like the the store I work for's website. Nice, but, nice. How's the weather? Oh, I meant to right say now? your photos are good. That's oh, what I wanted you. to say to you. The photos that I have seen, I thought were very good. So that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say that before the show started, but now I'm saying it during the show. That's yeah, yeah. I love a, I love a canon co- uh, compliment. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you can't go back on it. Right. <laughs> uh, the weather here is actually today was nice. It was like 50. Oh. And it was, uh, it was a little, it was like slightly overcast. Um, gotcha. But it was like nice, just like sweatshirt and like some corduroy weather. Yeah, I'm a little jealous because we've we've launched back into like early fall weather, so it was mm-hmm. like 72 and kind of humid today down here. Oh wow! That's yeah, nice. not the most fun. Not the most fun. So, uh, Jason, where are you from, and where are you located now? Uh, I am from a very small, legally a city in Massachusetts called Gardner. Okay. And now I live in uh, Queens, New York City. Is Gardner in the Boston Metro? Uh, no. So it's like 30 minutes outside. Um, it's part of... I, it's like uh, there's a, a city in like the center of Massachusetts called Worcester. Yeah. And yeah. it's more of like a suburb of that. Gotcha. But right. it's even even that is pushing it in terms of like what a suburb is because it's like... It takes like twenty minutes to get to get to Worcester, um, but like I know people who like live in my hometown that work in Worcester, but not many people will work in like Boston. Gotcha. Like, okay. Um, but yeah, it's like one of those like it's it's pretty rural. Right, right. And you're located in Queens now. Yep. Yeah, now I live in Queens, the world's borough, uh, uh, the greatest. What, what neighborhood in Queens or uh, part of Queens? I guess is. Uh, I live in uh, in Sunnyside, so okay. it's like when you're yeah. on the East River, there's like Long Island City, and mm-hmm. then there's me. So it takes me like, you know, on the train, like 10 minutes to get to like Midtown, which is oh, wow. worthless, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I love my neighborhood. It's great. It, uh, I live in a very like mixed neighborhood, 
there's a lot of uh like a, a lot of like big like japanese and like asian population as well as a big spanish population and also like white mix in there right right what's really nice is that it doesn't while i'm very close to manhattan it doesn't feel like i live in new york city right it's very quiet out here people are very nice i know all the people that live in my building you know and my building's only seven stories and it's one of the taller ones in like the the neighborhood so like it's always bright and sunny here yeah yeah i've lived in bushwick when i lived in the city and like oh nice, like yeah. just kind of across the the border from uh ridgewood yeah so you know like queen queens has always seemed like sort of a like melting pot is a very cliche term but like it's everybody, so true though yeah there's like a ton of different um types of people and ethnicities and whatever that all just live on top of each other yeah it's i mean it's so true i mean there's a place across from my apartment it's a chinese restaurant um like a takeout place but it's halal oh so i'm like you know in my head i'm like that's insane but you know obviously clearly there's like a market you know clearly there's people here that appreciate that you know totally totally yeah as as someone who um who likes pork not so hell yeah i can do <laughs> uh big big pork boy right here uh so yeah. Man, i haven't really i haven't eaten that, but... heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i i am not on the pork train any longer however i will say i i have enjoyed many pork in my life or yeah. much pork in my life. Mm. But, I mean, it's just it's a solid it's just uh i mean obviously being like asian american it's a staple food you know even at like you know, my even at home, like at my parents' house, we eat a lot of pork. So it's yeah. not even like a just a me thing. My my dad makes a, a lot of pork. People get weirded out by ground pork. Those people are wrong. It's good. Yeah. that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice delivery method. Someone once told me they're like, oh, pork is really bad for you because it's dirty. Uh, and I'm like, I don't. What does God. that mean? Uh, like, literally. Uh, Eating Any... all animals is bad for you. Yeah. They're, they're like, oh, well, pigs are like a dirty animal. They'll just eat anything. And I'm like, yeah, and so will I. Right. <laughs> so right. I'm like. Exactly. I, I like, mean, if we're being honest about the, you know, the American agricultural system, literally any meat is going to be absolutely disgusting if you're. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so, all grown in feces. And this is, this is said as a vegan that also knows that people are going to eat meat. Yeah, not not the greatest, not the Listen, greatest. Not, yeah, if you enjoy it, fuck it, whatever. Damn right. <laughs> well, Jason, we are piloting a new segment here on the show. All right, the ensemble investigation. Mm. If you could, please, if you feel like it, if you are wearing no clothing, we don't have to do this. Uh, if you could describe to us what you wore today, what you wore to work, maybe I don't know. Uh, okay i mean right now i'm just wearing like sweatpants but i'll tell you what i wore to work um wait 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 wait. are they designer sweatpants or like uh no they are from uh airy okay all right nice yeah yeah nice i I don't buy designer sweatpants (laughs) good fucking call (laughs) good call sorry didn't mean to interject you said like today i wore to work i just wore some uh vintage polo um andrew khakis like they were just like uh tan like just 
actual khaki colored twill chinos mm-hmm. other than the andrew model from like the 80s and 90s that had like the double pleats oh yes beautiful and even from the early 2000s i don't know i just know i like them they feel nice they're comfortable um i wore a uh, a rugby a red and navy stripe rugby for i think it was from, like j crew and uh i threw on a the drake's um gray hoodie all right solid with my, Solid my, my puka shell necklace. Yeah, sure, sure. Com- comfy, but still put together enough. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what's nice about yeah. you know, and you know, I don't want to say too many nice things about Drake's. Um, don't want to give them the airtime. But that sweatshirt's really nice because it has it's a very, um, it's got that like fifties athletic wear. You know, it's got, that material is already really nice, like the cotton, um, like that old fashioned like champion type. Yeah, it's out of. Uh, and it has like the cropped length so it's not super long and it has a really big pocket on the front and it's like that detail yeah like like, tall ribbing i would imagine that the chinos are pretty high waist too so like yeah exactly so it complements it really well yeah uh a a follow-up question what shoes did you wear today um new balance 574 okay is that the stand yeah. like a standard one they're yeah the, the basic new balance like yeah old school runner yeah. shape yeah yeah i think it's 574 is what the name of it is nice solid solid so excellent thanks for sharing that with us we'll get into it i guess now um of course you love clothing you have a clothing brand you are on the internet you post pictures of your outfits uh, where did the where did your love of clothing come from? Uh, that's a great question, and I was think I you know I was thinking about this today because I was like I you know I was like this is a good question that they're probably gonna ask me, mm-hmm. um, and I you know I can't really pin it down. I've always been into clothing uh, in some way, shape, or form, <clears throat> and I've always been into like tailored clothing. Uh, growing up, I couldn't really afford it. Um, but I've always been really into tailored clothing and then just into clothing in general. I used to always go to like the mall and like, you know, buy clothes. When I was in college. I was constantly buying clothes. Um, but like, I can't, there's no, there wasn't a single moment that like a light bulb went off and I was like, I love clothes. Which I was always constantly trying to get my parents to buy me more clothes, always trying to buy myself more clothes. Um, so it's just like from, like a, a youth on i just loved him i yeah i just wish i had a better answer i just can't pin it down no no i i think that's a very like natural <clears throat> way to be um, no one like, in my family shares an appreciation for clothes so like i'm a one-off okay okay so like what like what did your parents like wear was it just kind of basic shit or uh well, my mom's a nurse so she was like if she wasn't in scrubs she was basically in like jeans and some sort of t-shirt um you know something that was like i guess like on the fancier side like are you guys familiar with the store kohl's yeah, yeah. oh yeah. i used to work at kohl's oh uh, yeah I used to work at kohl's yes i'm extremely familiar with kohl's my mom is a big fan of kohl's okay. got a, lot of, a lot of a lot of kohl's cash Right, right. Uh, so, yeah. like, my mom, I think everything my mom owns is basically from Kohl's. Whether it be, I mean, like, Kohl's is kind of like the the higher end of the TJ Maxx Marshalls thing. 
A hundred percent. And that's, that's you know, I was trying to like get at where I was like, it's like never, it's not like, it's not wearing like some dingy t-shirt. Like, right, and like, you right. know, it's from like the, you know, the sew label, <laughs> you know, with like some like, you know, Levi jeans that she got at an outlet type of thing. Okay. All right. And, and then and my dad, yeah. my dad is like a, like sort of this, you know, blue collar guy. So he's always in like a t-shirt and jeans as well. Okay. Um, yeah. And then when my dad's like idea of like dressing up, he'll throw on like a collared shirt and that's about it with the right. jeans, yeah. which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. I do it all the time. Yeah, total, total. I mean, you know, we, we all have these, uh, these like parts of parts of what we think are cool or what we're into that like the parents or, or the, the adults around you don't really like having any, not respect, but like, they just don't give a shit. So that's, and that's a hundred percent what it is. Like my parents, obviously they're, you know, they're very proud of like the label I've created. They just don't get it. Yeah. Totally. And that's totally. fine. But they're, yeah. they're still like supportive. They're not like, Oh, I can't believe you do this. Right. They're like, good for you. They're like, if, it, if people like what you make, that's great. You know? Um, but like, it's not something that like they're, you know, going to get anything out of like, I'm not, you know, they're not going to ask me to make them a suit or anything like that. Right. Right. Which is fine. Yeah, totally. The support means the work. Right. Yeah. So, so how'd you get into the clothing industry from, from kind of like being an outlier and enjoying something that you may not uh, have been around the most? So I kind of, I fell into it in like the most, I guess, like stereotypical way. So I went to school for film and TV production I moved to New York City, and then um, I just got a I got a job at Bloomingdale's. Okay. Um, and the one on like fifty nine. Yeah, the flagship Bloomingdale's. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So it was my my first job in New York City, and frankly, it was one of my first jobs ever because I before that I worked at a con, like a um, concession stand at a flea market, so I wasn't oh, wow. you know I didn't have a big job repertoire. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, so I started working at Bloomingdale's and I was stationed on like the um, men's accessories. So it's on the third Avenue side. Um, but the whole, the whole block on third Avenue right. where it's like, it was like Burberry, like all the luxury, like leases. And then um, like Thomas Pang, Turnbull and Asser were up there as well. And I got put into, you know, I was floating around, but I was oftentimes like put into cover for like, Turnbull and Asser or like Thomas Pink. And so through that, I really got to know the two people that ran those two separate uh, shops. And eventually, um, you know, I got hired at Thomas Pink at their, at their like store uh, in Columbus circle Okay. Um, through that like connection. So I guess started at Bloomingdale's when I started talking to people like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually all this stuff is really cool. And, you know, I had like, you know, you got like a discount. So it's like, I was able to like dabble a little more in like, you know, beginner luxury clothing like that. Um, you know, cause Thomas Pink shirts at that time, this is 2016. Um, okay. you know, at that point they were like, you know, $195, which is an expensive shirt, especially for me just coming out of college. Um, and being, you know, coming out of college and I was 20, 
So the um, you know, one ninety five was a lot of money. Uh, but luckily, I got like that discount, you know. And then occasionally, Bloomingdale's would do this thing for the employees, where you'd get like a uh, like a weekend where we'd get a super discount for like uniform worthy things. Because when I was working at Bloomingdale's, you had there was a uniform you could only wear a black suit. You had to be wearing a shirt and a tie, um, and everything. So like there were certain times, a few times a year, they would do like, uniform discounts where you could go around the store and get whatever you want at a really steep discount um, as long as it qualified for a uniform. Now they don't do that because they don't really have a uniform anymore. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, but then I started working at Thomas Pink, you know, and that let me dive further into it, you know, and obviously at that point I'm surrounded by, you know, English tailoring, English shirting and ties and all that. And I got all that stuff. They give you, you know, Thomas Pink gave you like a bundle for like free every season of like stuff. Um, and so it became that, and I started, like, as I started re- researching more, that whole love for clothing kind of came back into my forefront, and I was sort of slowly starting to realize I think I'd prefer to be in clothing than I would prefer to be in, like, film and TV, because I wasn't really doing anything in film and TV. I spent all my time working in, like, clothing, and then research, like, on my free time, I was, like, researching and trying to learn, and um you know of course when i first started getting into it i was like one of those um you know people reading um what's that uh like gentleman's gazette oh, right. i was yeah. like you know i was i was <laughs> like, one like of those, early blogs yeah and i was like one of those like you know vintage only kinds of people okay um but it was it wasn't because i like i don't really like vintage as much as i like new uh, but it was like, I wanted, I bought a lot of vintage because I could only afford to buy vintage. Right. Yeah. That's still where I am in my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and the, not, there's anything wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong. No, with no, life. I don't take it. I don't take it as a slight. It just yeah. is what it is. Like I have my priorities, you know, I have right. to buy drugs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. With inflation, cocaine is through the roof. Yeah, and if you're paying retail, you're not going to be able to afford it. Right, you're going to wholesale. You're right. <laughs> um, Sadly, or surprisingly, I guess, this is the first time cocaine has been mentioned on this show. So thank you, Connor. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully my mom finally listens to the show, and this is the one that she hears. This is the one. <laughs> <laughs> um. um yeah, and then like from Thomas Pink, I stumbled into my job now where I work for the I work for the clothing store Frank Stella okay. uh, here in New York City, and I like stumbled I literally stumbled into that job there. You know, I was, I was they had a, we had a store at um, and then inside like the New York Athletic Club on fifty okay. seventh or fifty eighth and seventh. And I happened to be on my lunch break and I just walked in because I'm like, oh, what is this store? You know, I always I walk by it every day and I happened to be walking in and the owner happened to be like working on the floor and I was just chatting and we were chatting. And I was like, well, wow, the store is actually pretty nice. They have really nice things, things that I liked. And then, you know, we I left. And then, you know, like six months later, he calls me up and he's like, hey, you know, you came into the store you know, a few months ago. And uh, I was wondering if you, you would be interested in like a job. And I was like, 
yeah, you know, Thomas Pink was paying me nothing, you know, and he was going to pay me more. And, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. And then Indies, I've worked there now for like four and a half years um, with a small sabbatical in the middle where I left to go work for Drake's. But that's, oh, gotcha. we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, but so like in like the first like three up until like 2021, like November of 2021, you know, I skyrocketed to like the top of like, you know, everything. So like now like the arrangement of like the company is, you know, the owner and then there's like me and then there's, you know, like the store manager and everybody else. So like, you know, now, now I'm doing like buying and I'm, you know, doing like the bookkeeping i'm doing office work i'm spending more time in the office than i was on the floor you know right. and it was just like he just put so much like faith in me you know and just like bombarded me with uh like fashion business knowledge it was insane and like obviously so grateful for it that i still work there totally, um, totally. <clears throat> you know and i still i mean i still take that on 100 percent. i'm still doing like now since you know this one and yeah since coming back from drakes you know i am spending most of the time i spend is in the in the office that we have on 72nd street you know photographing the stuff for the website you know i manage the entirety of the website so like i am the one adding products and i'm adding you know inventory and doing like the the website merchandising you know and then i go to buying appointments with the owner right we buy things and like you know we buy things and sometimes it's like you know I'm I'm buying something while he's doing something else, you know. So right. there's like that whole, you know, there's a lot of trust obviously between the two of us, where he's like, I can buy something, you know, on my own, uh, and he trusts that, you know, he trusts me enough to know that it's not gonna like bankrupt him for the most part. I've made some bad decisions, uh, um, as, not... as you do as a buyer. <laughs> That's right. just part of the deal. And it's I look at them as they're not bad decisions because they're they were just too much of something that I would want to wear and not enough of something the customer would want to wear. For sure. So For like sure. they're the things I bought are gorgeous and I have a lot of them. Right. Um, but it just doesn't work for, it the didn't really sell as market. much in the store. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, you gotta take risks. Yeah. But like in, so like in November of 2021, I ended up like, I mean, you know, I left and I went to go work for Drake's to be their like U S stock uh manager you know and it was a, it was a whole thing there was a big there's a big falling out between me and one of the other co-workers and it just happened that brandon from you know brandon Mahler happened to you know post that they were looking for someone so i like dm'd him you know because i had known i already knew brandon um so i dm i said hey you know i'd love to like be considered and then he calls me like 10 minutes later and basically, you know, gave me the lowdown of it all. I said, great. Yeah. I said, let me know if you need anything else from me. And then, yeah, he called me back like the next day or whatever. It was like, Hey, they want to give you the job. And I was like, I'll take it. Um, ultimately there's like with Drake's, there's like <clears throat> part of me that regrets doing it, but then some of it else I don't, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, but ultimately I came back to Frank Stella at the end of it, right as we were, um, right as like the new store opened at Drake. So I was working at the, I was working the pop-up and at the same time I was, you know, we were building out the new store. Right. And 
as the stock manager, I was like laying the plans for the stock room. And there's just a lot of going, there's a lot of, um, a lot of going back and forth in like a bad way that eventually, uh, you know, I, yeah, we, the week, the day before we opened officially, um, I put in my notice and I was like, I'm done, you know? So I was there for the first two weeks of the store opening. And then I wasn't even there for like the official, so like the day, so like we, the day before we like opened for the public, um, we didn't do anything. Like there was no party or anything. They didn't do a thing till like a month later. Um, but like, so like the day after, you know, the day before we opened for the public, I put in my notice. Right. Right. So the next day, you know, people are coming in and they're like, oh, wow. Nice to see the place. And for the next two weeks, people are like, you know, I'm talking to people and like, wow, it looks so good. You know, see you next time, all this. And I'm like, you know, I didn't tell anybody, you know, so no one knew I was leaving except for like the staff. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause I wasn't going to be that person who like every time someone comes in and says, Oh, how, how is it working here? I'm not going to go, Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I, I, I put in my notice actually, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you have to do for yourself. Though. Yeah. So, so for like, the last, you know, two weeks I was like, just, Oh yeah, you know, great. Stop on by. I was like telling people about it, still like promoting, you know, like saying, Hey, you know, come stop by. Um, but then, like, on the last day, it was, like, this big. Uh, on my last day, we were, like, we did a little get-together, and I was, like, thank you, guys, you know. Um, I even left early on my last day, because I'm, like, what are you going to do? Stop me? Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was – and then I ended up going back to Frank Stella to do what I'm doing now, which is, you know, I have even, I have even more power. Totally, totally. It all comes full circle. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, like – it was such like a short stint at Drake's, right? It was only like eight months. I only lasted eight months at Drake's. <laughs> but it was like that whole situation, right? That whole eight months was so stressful. And it was such a, it was even, it was a lot for a lot of people. And I mean, it was, it was obviously a lot, you know, because Brandon and I left at the same time, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to speak for him at all, but you know, it shows you know, for him, Brandon worked there for four years, four and a half right. years, you know, and then, you know, at the same, so the same day that I quit, he had quit like 10 minutes before me. So it was like, you know, it just, it shows that like, you know, what was really going on. And then, you know, there's just a lot of issues with, you know, different personalities and things like that. But I'm, yeah, back now at Frank Stella where I'm doing all this. And then obviously I have my own. I have my own brand, which is where we are now. Well, speak of the speaking of the brand, uh, we were going to ask Mad King George, where does the name come from? Uh, so it comes from like an offhand like joke. I was in the I was in a car. We were uh, I was with the owner of Frank Stella. We were driving out to East Hampton because we were doing a pop up, and. I had told him I wanted to make my own label and he was told me, I told, he's like, you should, you know? And I was like, yeah, I should. Um, and I like, it just became, we were like going back and forth. I was like, oh, I don't know what to call it though. You know, I don't want it to be my name. That's that, that's cliche. And I don't think like, I don't think my name really lends itself to a sort of like really anything. I just don't like the way it sounded. They're going to call it like, oh, Jason Sandigan, New York. Mad like, that King sounds Jason. dumb. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I don't remember what we were, we were talking about something. And then I had said, oh, well, I might as well just call my brand like Mad King George then. You know, and then he was like, that's not a bad name. And I'm like, you're right. That's not a bad name. And that's really, and like, I, like two seconds later, I was like on Instagram and I like, was like, is this an available thing? And I like Google just to make sure that no one else did it. And I was like, great. That's a name. Perfect. Done. Settled. Settled. Yeah. Should, you know, should I have thought about it a little more? Maybe, but I don't know. People seem to like the name. Oh, dude, like that's, it. that's a good origin story. Like, yeah, it's like it, it's yeah. captivating. And it's, it, it, you know, it also like speaks to like the brand itself where we're still, you know, everything is sort of, you know, freehand. Right. You know, so it's like, because I never went to school for any of this, you know, so, so much of this is like new to me in a. Yeah. But you've got the experience. Right. Like that's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Maybe it's just some offhand joke. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sometimes that's the, that's the necessary thing. Right, right. Uh, so I was going to ask if there is a court for Mad King George or if it is just you. There, I mean, there's kind of like a court. Um, so like Mad King George is like the bulk of it is like idea wise and like design wise is all is like my creation. I created the pattern. I created, you know, the you know bits and pieces of like the concept. Um, but like that's not the full story. There's another half like business side of it. Right. That, um, you know, my beautiful and wonderful partner, Tamara, who has a fashion business degree helps me with. Shout out Tamara. Yeah. Shout out, shout out Tamara. Um, you know, it's like, I use like the, obviously I use like the business stuff that like Frank Stella has taught me plus like her knowledge. And she helped me like create like the prices and how to like, She's helped me a lot with even talking to um, like the customers and clients because, you know, I'm not like the greatest at um, like talking to people, especially new people. And so um, she was like, coach me on how to do that. I'm sorry. My cat has just jumped up onto my table. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so she was her big, she helps me a lot with like, the business half of all of this okay and then like obviously she um you know she helped me a lot with making like the women's pattern because it was made essentially for her right right of course um but yeah so it's like it's yeah it's like a you know it's it's the two of us she will never like say she's a part of it though which is you know Dumb. She's like, oh, it's always just Jason's thing. But I'm like, no, you you help me a lot more than you think you do. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And it, how has reception been since you launched? Uh, it's mixed for sure. Okay. But I think it it is it's well received by the people that like I want it to be well received by. Dope. You yeah. know, um, the the people who hate it. Uh, are obviously like you know, you know people on like you know our navy blazer or like you know very, these very much like purists. Right? What was Ray, that guy's right. name? Berkeley Breeze. That you've been yeah, 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 exactly. With, he like he would hate it. Shit. Yeah, yeah. and Dude, like the Ivy style people, people anyway. hate it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
yeah, like the people who like want like who see the the label for what it is, which is like it is, you know, a bit more of a fashion label than it is like, you know, your typical Savile Row house, right? Right, right. Yeah. And but you're so not claiming to be that. Exactly. I'm not claiming to be, you know, Savile Row or anything. Right. But I think but there's this connotation, of course, if you're doing custom tailoring, you must be that, right? You must be trying to be that. And I'm like, you know, it's a, the only reason it's custom is because you know, there's no like overhead and there's right. no risk. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it gives people the opportunity to express themselves a lot better than with ready to wear. And that's yeah. like, that's what I want. Like you couldn't get anything, any things I wanted to wear, I couldn't get ready to wear. And so right. I was like, you know, I made it my own label and yeah. So it's like people who, yeah, people who expect it to be, you know, who are very like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like stingent is that a word no that's not a word i don't know they were very like much like oh things are supposed to be this way forever right right you know uh, they don't like it they're traditionalists yeah yeah they are uh old-fashioned yeah right and so they they don't like it as much um as like other people like i remember someone posted um someone posted like the lookbook that we did on to like our navy blazer and to like onto male fashion advice and you have like you know some of them are like oh i see what they're trying to do and the end like or like people be like oh well you know the photography style of it all you know we did this really bright we you know really bright you know flash and like you know everything was like sort of slick and a little sleazy and we, you know in the elevator and all that and it's like well they were like well haven't we passed this you know isn't this you know when why does everything have to be trying to be like sleazy like it looks so sleazy and i'm like because that's what i was trying to do i'm like right you know right right. and they're like oh well it looks like nothing looks like it fits you know everyone's you know crammed into it i said well also keep in mind people will get the connotation of like a lookbook they get it mixed up like the lookbook is you know styling yeah it's not about it's not so much about fit yeah you know it's it's about how someone is going to look in this every day it's right. about getting it in front of people and and making an expression. Exactly. You know, it's like we're trying to express, you know, the direction of the label and everything, you know, and we're also like in an elevator. We're posing. It's two o'clock in the morning. It's not perfect, but it's like it's not it wasn't, you know, none of the stuff was built. The lookbook concept wasn't built to look perfect. It was built to look like you were in an elevator, you know. Right. And yeah, people couldn't really wrap their heads around that. At least the people on those Reddit pages. Um, yeah. And then, like, of course, like male fashion advice thought that it was like too styled. You know? Right, right. Or Meanwhile, we like... have Paul Stewart and Phineas Cole doing their thing. So right, and it's right. like, I think a lot of like, especially with the traditionalists, like these, the, like the Ivy style type people, you know, they see you know they see like a lot of the seventies inspiration in my stuff, and they go, oh well. You know, that's I'm only about I'm about timeless beauty and elegance. And I'm like, right. okay, well, those that, people are not going to be happy with anything. Yeah, no, those no. people don't like they don't like anything. They, they don't, don't like clothes. They don't like yeah. clothes. They like their thing. And it's that like, they've worn people... for the past 50 years. And that's it. Right. Which and is it's weirdly like... like white supremacist. Like <laughs> that whole that whole field is yeah. like. We wish that it was only white people that were able to wear a jacket like this. Right. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, well, people just dress better. 
in in the 40s or in the 50s or in the 60s it's like okay sure if that's what you want to believe that's fine right right all right but you know i live in 2022 and that's like a big reason why i don't like really wear vintage or like i don't really like a lot of vintage because i'm like i live in 2022 some of this stuff from like like i'm never gonna wear like a belt back jacket right and I know vintage people love like those Palm Beach belt backs and all that. And I'm like, totally, totally. But I'm like, you're not, you're not gonna catch me in that because I'm like, that'd be a ridiculous thing for me to wear. You know, and I don't, uh, yeah, like I just don't harbor that same affinity that some people have, like for the past. You can take inspiration from it, like I do. Like obviously, you know, my stuff is heavily inspired by, you know, the clothing in the 1970s, which most people would consider the worst time in clothing. <laughs> D- depending on what we're talking about yeah like there's so much good shit from that time period yeah it's that, just like, like i i like the really heavily styled things you know yeah, like, like we have I, our I, big bellied lapels you know i could see fucking rod stewart when he was in the faces or like paul weller of the jam wearing your shit right and that's exactly that was the point it was like you know i am you know a huge like Tommy Nutter, you know, if you're familiar, yeah, fuck is yeah. like my, you know, tailoring role model, him and Edward Sexton. And so, you know, oh, they were, you know, they were making things for, you know, musicians and like, you know, celebrities and like cool people. Totally, and those totally. cool people let them make cool things for them. You know, and that's what I want to be. You know, that's what we want to be. We want to be like cool people making cool things and like, you know... And I always tell people too, you know, you can get like a navy suit from me, but why would you? Right, right. You know, if well, you really want me point. to make you a navy suit, I'll I'll do it. You know, but it's like, why? Why do you want me to make your navy suit for you know? Let me make your let me make your like dinner jacket. Right, right. Something you can go a little bit farther out on. Right, you know, and. Yeah, so it's like it gets it gets it gets mixed up in a lot of this stuff, a lot of this traditionalist stuff. Right. Even though, like, it's not. It's definitely, especially now, it's definitely more of a of like a fashion label than it is like, you know, a tailoring house. Yeah, we we noticed that kind of like one of the things you push is clothing for everyone. Um, yeah. you know, women, non-binary, gen- whatever gender. Um, was that kind of like when you were forming this idea, was that a big part of it? Like it's, it seems like a very, very much a pillar of your brand. Yeah, for sure. It was always, um, you know, I grew up with a lot, I grew up doing theater. So I grew up with a lot of, a lot of like LGBT people and, um, uh, yeah. And so it's like, I grew up with all these people and so much of like the clothing, so much of like tailoring is like men's tailoring and like a lot of women's tailoring just like looks cool but from a quality level isn't good you know right and it was like you know i have the ability to do both you know so why not and it's like you know why not you know advertise the fact that you know i'll make you feel good in your own you know in your own clothing you know, and so we look at it like, you know, obviously there's there's like still like two obviously two base 
patterns like we have our men's pattern we have our women's pattern but like those aren't mutually exclusive you know if you know if you know if like tomorrow wants something done and like from the men's pattern we'll do it you know and that's sort of you know how we go about it and there's you know we've been working on a new on a new pattern for um what i'm calling the pajama suit which Ooh. is um just it's completely unlined there's no padding no canvassing and then it's so it's basically just like a very like drapey you know it's just cloth essentially so there's no like real darting in it right you know and and then like the pants on it are just like a you know high rise they're cut longer so like they have a little bit of a break to them um and they're you know wide so it's like this really like leisure suit you know if you will and so it's like i want to yeah like i said i want to create something and for that is for everybody in like the in you know the full sense of the word yeah, that that's a solid mission statement gotta hand yeah. it to you thank yeah. you not something you see very much from like any kind of tailored clothing brand or or whatever so yeah it's always it's usually always like oh men's and then women's are like an afterthought right right yeah you know, or the, like they're... or vice versa where like j crew is concerned you know, right? It's like they they only give a shit about the women's because that makes the money. The men's right. stuff it's is like, just kind of like thrown away. Yeah, and it's like yeah, so it's like both of those things are important. You know, totally, totally. They both hold equal, and I make, you know, it's it's funny. Like obviously, I'm like a at heart, it's like a menswear, you know, like brand. But I make more stuff for women than I do men. Does not surprise me in the least. You know, yeah. Which is fine. I like making things for women. Oh, totally, totally. It whatever works because yeah, you know the people that get it get it, and depending on, or you know, not really depending on what uh, or or whatever they are. Like if they right. get it, they're if they get it, they get it, and if they don't, it's like I'm not, I'm not going to spend the time or the energy trying to convince people to totally. like buy from me um in any like in any like way of like you know you come into like you, know, you come in for like a fitting or like for to look at things it's like this is what it is you know and that's it there is no like you know you can't come in here and you know create whatever you want you know a lot of it is like it's what i do it's you know our pattern our everything and then you you can pick the fabric the buttons and you know some minor changes but like you know the design of it is is you know my design if you if you want to fully you know if you want to make something like you know design it yourself then there's plenty of other places to do that you know if you sure. want if you want to change the lapel widths and whatnot it's like you know for me it's like the lapel width is what you know the lapels and like the way the jacket especially is cut and looks is what makes it you know making george peace you know, it's that it's that match. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. My cat just knocked into the microphone. But um, <laughs> yeah, like the you know, Mackie and George is such a mash of these different elements. You know, it's slowly the more you take away from that, then for me, the less it feels like I something I did. And it's like at the end of the day, you know, I want people to be able to walk around in my stuff, people to know it's mine from the from the right right away. And I want to be proud of it. Totally. 
Totally. How, how did you land on the house style that you used? Uh, it was, it's, I mean, the house style is basically like a Frankenstein of so many other um, things that I liked. You know, like I said I was a big fan of like Tommy Netter and Edward Sexton, um, but also I was, you know, a big fan of the sort of soft tailoring from out of like Naples. And <clears throat> so I was like, oh, I need like my own brand would be, you know, a mix of those two things, which is how you get to, you know, our big belly lapels with our like, you know, strong chests. But right. then you look at the shoulders and you have these you know, there's no panic in our shoulder at all, as well as like with your, um, you know, the, the the pleated shoulder as well, you know, and you have the open quarters in the front. And it's like those things all mix but really well together. Certainly, certainly. And, you know, no one was really doing that. It was either you, people were either of one camp or the other. They were either English or they were like Neapolitano. There's no middle ground. And not that I'm saying I'm the middle ground either, because obviously I'm on I'm on an extremer side of a spectrum when it comes totally, to like totally. tailoring to but it was like for me, I liked the softness of um, you know, of like that uh Neapolitano, but I liked the the boldness that Nutter and Sexton would do. Totally. You know, I like to think a lot of it's like the pattern was really, you know, a big chunk it was like what if you rip the shoulder pads out of, you know, <laughs> out of, out of like Sexton or like out of like, you know, these vintage nutter things, they just ripped them out, you know, right. and that's, and I'm like, that's why it's like our shoulders a little overlined, you know, and it's a little, yeah, it's like, so there's no padding whatsoever in it. You know, the, the bit, if it wasn't for the canvas in these jackets, they would be, you know, nothing. They would just be like t-shirts. Right. Right. Yeah, especially since you're doing made to measure, like that's super important. Right. And and you can get it right, whereas doing like a ready to wear line, there would be people that the shoulder just didn't work for because right. they they're sloped or whatever. So, right. And I can yeah, exactly I can adjust for that. Yeah. And then, totally. and then you have like, you know, in the front you have a full we have a full chest piece, so it's fully canvassed. Right. So it gives you it know, a little bit of structure. Right. So you have that little bit of structure plus I think that's gonna mold to you. And then everywhere else where there's no padding, you know, that wool, that cotton is going to mold to you as well. So you just have, after a few wears, you have like a perfectly like fitted and perfectly looking suit. Hell. And, but that still looks relaxed and cool. Yeah, it's not stuffy. Right. And cool is like, I say that a lot, like, you know, I just want, like, I want things to look cool. And it's obviously it's open to interpretation, which is, you know, perfect because I change my mind all the time but like at the end of the day it's like it just has to everything comes together to make a cool suit something that's just it's light it's airy you know it's able to be dressed up or down you know it's just this sort of just perfect garment yeah so jason i was going to ask about the advertising and branding which i think is a pretty strong part of the brand um what the process was like for that and i don't know how you yeah how you arrived at what you did see we know the name and that but mm -hmm. um 
I guess like the lookbook. <laughs> yeah, so like the the branding of it all started out much different. You know, if you I think I'm not sure if it's still on the Instagram page. Uh, if you were to scroll all the way down to the bottom, but I think I archived a lot of it as we were shifting into this different sort of ethos. Um, <clears throat> a lot of it at first was just like, you know, a few pictures. And I made this like everything was supposed to look like this um, this like mood board. So like every photo was like looked like it was taped on to the background, things like that. And I still do some of that stuff because like it, I like the idea of like this sort of things are coming together as it as it all you know as the brand essentially still is a work in progress um but when it came down to a lot of like the branding and like yeah the marketing part of it it was just like what did what do i what did i want to see you know what did i think the best light for the stuff you know was and at first at the, the very beginning it was like oh well it needs to be like you know typical it should be more men's wary and then it took the turn of like the whole punk thing, you know, and like the initial punk rock phase of it, you know, where it was like, Oh, everything was like black and white or like gritty. Everything was rough around the edges. The pictures were like thrown together. And then, um, and that just changed. It's like, I sort of changed over the last, like I've been doing this for like two years now. And so like over the course of the two years, the punk rock thing for me was like, okay, it's not really where I think the brand is headed, nor is it something I felt like I could really grow within. Not that I didn't still believe in that ethos, um, but it just became, I felt like I was a different person, you know, now than I was when I started that, you know, era. And I was like, okay, so we need to like shift, you know, because I didn't really... I wasn't really listening to a lot of, like, punk music anymore. I had started to listen to, like, you know, like, happier music, right? Um, and so that shifted, like, the ethos of the brand because it was, like, the brand is so heavily attached to me, you know? Right. In, mm -hmm. in that way, it's, like, you know, I want the brand to just be, you know, an extended arm of who I am. You know, because it's, like at a certain point it's like if i if i kept doing the punk rock thing you know then i'm gonna grow to hate the thing that i created right you know or i'm gonna right. grow in a way that's like i'm just detached from it where it's like i'm forcing myself to stay in this little box and it made sense at first because you know i was like you know when i first started it, i was like i was mad i was like angry that there was nothing cool about like tailoring anymore or like at all it was like, no matter, it was like, everyone was like, oh, well, look at Spear McKay or, oh, look at like Anglo-Italian. And to me, they were all just the same. Yeah. None of it yeah. looked different. It was all just, everything just cost different amounts. And like, tailored clothing is not something you really can reimagine with. So like, right. you know, the fact that you kind of stepped out into your own thing that you found inspiration from, like, that's important. That's huge. Yeah, it was like, oh, well, you know, it was like, I was, in that moment, it was like, I was more angry. It was like, it was, you know, it was 2020. It was the tail of the 2020, and then it's 2020. I was like, you know, I was like fed up with a lot of things, and I was listening to a lot of like, going back and listening to like a lot of like, you know, hardcore and things like that. And Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, And so it just felt, at that moment, it felt right. I'm like, oh, because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm breaking up the this, you know, 
the man you know i'm i'm fighting you know the tailoring man right. to make something cooler and better you know and I, i'm good i'm trying to you know fuck shit up fuck it and yeah. then like a big part of it like toward the like in within this year you know i was like okay but like where do i what what does that what does that do it doesn't really make it didn't really make the brand feel like it was like a a nice welcoming environment right right <laughs> you know and it was like you know and i was like well i i romanticize so much of what i do and i'm like well, that should be the pinnacle of all this you know and that's where i was like you know yeah i romanticize this whole thing and it's it's much more of a happy and like welcoming place you know right and it was like you know at that time i had like fallen in love i had fallen even more in love with like k-pop and it was just like making me you know a happier person i was going outside i was you know meeting friends and things like that i'm like this is what this is this is like you know you're going out i was like my garments like you're going out in them Right. You know, and where are you going? You're going out to do, you know, like things that I do. And I go to do karaoke. I go to like, you know, dinner. You know, I still don't, I still refuse to go to like, you know, menswear dinner spots. Um, But like, you know, I still wear my stuff to like, yeah, go to karaoke or like when I go to like K-Barbecue. And I fell in love with this, you know, this more of this like community of, you know, being excited over about like life and about music. You know, and I have such a vast, you know, library of music that I listen to. You know, there's like there's the Mad King George playlist that like if, you know, a few people are subscribed to, right, on Apple Music. And it's like those people have gotten such a, I'm sure have, you know, gotten whiplash because initially that playlist was all like punk, old punk and pop punk. And then now it's dominated um, by like upbeat you know, music or like, you know, Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> so it's made it's been this big switch, and then so we obviously I remade the logo um, to be this like broken heart because what's more romantic than heartbreak? Oh, um, oh. And yeah, so it was like this switch, and that's what we're doing now. And that's why I was like, when we did like the lookbook, I was like, oh, how cool would it be to like shoot it like in the elevator? You know, it's like. It was like, oh, we're going, we're going somewhere, you know, and this is just a piece of it. You know, there's still, there's more to this like little lookbook that we're working on, but it's like, we're trying to create this sort of, uh, this world, right? We're doing, there's a short film that we're making that we're shooting, uh, in like two weeks, um, that centers around this idea of romance and, and tailoring and how, you know, it all plays together and it's much more obviously upbeat and like things are, you know, happier. Cause I, I, as a person, am happier, you know, and I can't, I didn't want to continue having like an angry brand, you know, totally, totally. So times change and the fact that you can do your own thing and like figure out, you know, how it, how it affects or how it's affected by you and your mood, like, that's that's a great thing that's a that's a free kind of feeling to it right and like recently i redid i didn't redo entirely but like you know i changed up the website and you know sort of got rid of a lot of the um a lot of the elements that were 
feeding into that whole like you know we're rebels and we're wearing suits and you know fuck you yeah i got rid of a lot of that stuff from it because i'm like yeah again it was a piece of our brand and it right. was it's still like at the core of it it's still like we're still you know it's still rebellious to wear you know totally. especially it, the suits they're not I mutually make, exclusive know? right but i'm like they don't have it doesn't have to be an ad i don't be like rebellious in like an angry way totally. we can be we can be very happily you know rebelling because like it's like clothing makes you know me happy right i love clothing so like why why am i approaching it with this attitude of like hating everybody else's clothing right you know like that's not very cash money of me <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We got the cash money reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it. we will try to wrap up with the way we have been wrapping up. Um, well, this is this is sort of a custom question. Yeah. What is your favorite piece you have made with Mad King George? Um, so favorite piece. If you is... can answer that. If you can answer that question. I, no, I, I can, yeah. Um, it's like, it's the... Um the like i call it the strawberry milkshake uh tweed dinner coat dinner jacket so it's mm -hmm. like uh it's this pink and black um like check like window pane uh like and then it's like a herringbone tweed so it's super cool and i made it into like a dinner jacket i think it's it's on my instagram page yeah somewhere. i believe i've i believe i've seen it um yeah you know link link in the description below um and that is like the cool to this day it's still like the coolest thing i've ever made um you know especially with like we did like you know obviously all you know fabric covered buttons we did like the fabric lapel as well so it's not like the satin lapel or anything um you know and it was like i remember seeing the fabric i never saw the fabric in person um the the people the huddersfield who made the fabric um they had sent me an email you know about this fabric that they had on sale because no one really bought it and you know i was like oh yeah let me buy like five meters of it i'll make something cool out of it you know and then uh yeah i made that and i was like oh my god that is it came in and i was like i couldn't be more ecstatic about it we had the, you know the big really big like cocktail turn back cuffs on it um and it's it's overall one of the, it is still the coolest thing I've ever made Oh, yeah, man. it's great. We will definitely. I don't even. Post I don't even wear it. I wore it once outside <laughs> to, um, so, to Connor like Rickman's that, uh, his film premiere when he premiered it here in New York. I wore it to that. Um, but that being said, I made it in like 2020, so like in 2021, so there was nowhere to wear it to. Right. Right. Now I have places to wear it to that I just haven't had a chance to wear. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's going to be your uh, New Year's Eve jacket. Oh, there we go. Dude, I mean, New Year's Eve. I don't even Eve, think I'm doing anything for New Year's Eve, but well, maybe I'll it, find something. You do. should find something and solely yeah. to wear that jacket. I'll go to the Olive Garden in Times Square. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, um, I'll find something to do just so I can wear that. Yeah, yeah. Solid, solid. <laughs> um,. So I would ask then, what is your favorite thing in your wardrobe? Is it the same thing? Uh, no, it's not the same thing. Uh, my favorite piece in my personal wardrobe is not even something that's like menswear related or anything. It is this, uh, it's a, this sweatshirt I'm wearing right now. It's a sweatshirt and it, 
Um, it is for the Little Manila Line Dancing Club. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> uh, and so that is, uh, I wear I wear this sweatshirt. I have a t-shirt of the same thing. And it's fun. My Actually, it's like Tamara actually bought this sweatshirt, and I bought the t-shirt. And now I'm like, no, I'm going to take the sweatshirt too. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it's my favorite piece. It lets me feel, you know, connected to like the community. And like, so this is like Little Manila is a neighborhood now and as an official neighborhood in Queens oh. um, as of a few months ago, as of June. Sorry. Yeah. What am I saying? Gotcha. As of June. So on to so June 12th, my birthday, as well as is also the um, Filipino Independence Day. And so this year they unveiled a new like uh, a little sign like a, a street sign uh from the city uh that says little manila now it's a few blocks in in what in woodside so now it's an official neighborhood and so i bought this little sweatshirt as a little uh, at, at the independence day celebration they did in brooklyn <laughs> um so it's like i was like oh my god yeah i want that you know it's nice. You know, I don't, I'm not a, I'm, it, line dancing is a big thing in like Filipino culture. I yeah. am not, uh, I'm not a line dancer. Um, but I was like, oh, it's nice to like, you know, it makes me feel like I'm more connected to them. Totally. But that's my favorite piece of my personal wardrobe. That or maybe like a pair of like corduroy pants from like Ralph Lauren. The hoodie. Like the Andrew. But the hoodie, like it's at least it, it has a has like good meaning to it as well yeah it yeah holds, exactly. it holds personal weight that's yeah that's one of the better like what is my favorite thing answers yeah that I can think of. Well, uh, it's like i'm sure i'm sure ethan you know will say his favorite thing is some is a vintage blazer but not me <laughs> right i'm into right. it well right. jason dude it's been uh it's been rad to talk to you and yeah you guys super... too this is cool you know, fun and informative. Um, we appreciate you coming on. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, hell yeah. Well, we always like to give um, our guests a little spot to shout out, whatever they want to shout out. So go, feel free. Oh, um, I mean, shout out uh, the beautiful Tamara Rotella. Um, oh. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out MadKingGeorge.com. I don't know. I don't have anything. To, I, I'm not. Uh, well, that that's good. That's yeah. it. Your brand. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. Matt King George. Shout out. Uh, what also, is the Instagram. What is the yeah. Instagram? Oh yeah, the Instagram. Uh, it's you can follow me personally, Jason Sanagon TV on Instagram. Uh, but the the brand Instagram is Mad King George Taylors, or at Mad King George Taylors, because every other iteration of Mad King George was taken by some weird person of course, or a history of buff. And and if you're in the mod culture and. Uh, very soft English uh, Savile Row shit. Get in touch with my man Jason here. Yeah. Um, well, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. I am Matt Smith at Rebels Rogues on Instagram. And I'm Connor Fowler at Connor Fowler. And I still don't think we've had any emails, but if you want the email of the show, apocalypsestuds at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Somebody's got to email us on that fucking Someone, account. Someone, come on. Just, <laughs> yeah. just send us send us send us send, 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 whatever. send us spam. We don't yeah. care. We've just got yeah. no emails. Right. Says anything. Yeah. Uh Jason, thank you again, man. And thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks so much.